Oh, I'm glad they didn't see me picking my note. Oh, never mind. Hello. Yep. Just another. It's a miserable day today. Oh God, got. it's it's horrible here. It's like, you know, torrential de- torrential downpour. Yeah. And uh, like forty degrees. I I I th- I I say that rain and just above freezing is worse than ten degrees and snow. I buy that. I think that too because the um, the moisture that sort of creeps into your body. I I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'll take snow any day of the week over this. This 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 is a. Uh, and uh, I'm going to the hockey game tonight, the Flyers game tonight. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of luminaries will be there. Yes, yes, it is the Hall of Fame night for the Flyers. Yeah, one of their many. They have, I mean, um, yeah, every they have a lot of they have a lot of these uh special. They have five of them planned, I think. Yes, this is number. Would this be number one or number two after the one? I think I think they said it was the first. This is officially the first after the. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Also working on a new website, which is kind of not a new website, but just some cool tweaks to hockeybuzz.com. But that's that's a ways off. But just some really fun stuff that you guys will like. Some really cool new features. So nice. Uh, yeah, that's been going on too. You're going to love that. That's that's still that takes months, a while. I hope people understand away. how long that takes. Months and months and months. I mean, we've already been doing it for a year, so it's but it's it's still still months from getting launched. But it'll you guys will love it when it comes out. Eventually. Even with my own website, when we transferred over to like WordPress. We didn't even bring all the archives. You're bringing all the archives. Like we decided, yeah. you know what? We're not going to do that, and it made it a lot easier. Yeah, it does. When you do that, I don't know if people understand that that's a big undertaking. Oh yeah, no, to be able to search back and all this stuff is huge. And um, yeah, we're going to have some really cool modern features though that'll enable you to do all kinds of fun things and be able to target what you want to watch. You just want to see more than you know before. It's going to be good. Be good. People are what if like, I want to see less mic? How do I do you that? Can do that. You can actually eliminate it. Poke out your eyes. <laughs> you can press the no mic button. There's a big button. Okay. It says no mic. And I uh, hit that no mic button. And that big button will just. A trap door. It'll be like. It'll be like. Uh, uh, God. It'll be like Austin Powers. A trap door will open up. I'll fall through and I'll be eaten by alligators. Right. That's a good thing to put on Patreon. Just saying. It is a good thing. <laughs> more. Thank you. Maybe more. All right, let's um let's get going with the show because we may have to stop a little bit early today. Not too bad though. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Silent night. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Hello, hockey world. It's Thursday, October twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we today are going to sort of fill you in on a bunch of little stories. Um, But we're going to start off with Hampus Lindholm, who – and this this will be the second show that we will talk about a man named Hampus this week. Um, But we'll go back with Hampus. Hampus Lindholm Lindholm has agreed to a – it's the same guy we're talking about. I know, but it's, you know, you know, there's not a lot of Hampuses out there. I don't know if you about you, but I don't know any other Hampuses. I don't either. Or Hampi. Would they be called Hampi if you had many of them? Hampus. Russ, Russ knows Krampus. I do. <laughs> Hampi. I don't know any other Hampi. Um, but Hampus Limholm, which is not a sea creature, but actually a defenseman for the um, Anaheim Ducks, has agreed to a six-year contract at 5.25 AAV, which is exactly where pretty much everybody thought he would end up. Yeah. I mean, you knew he wouldn't get top of the pay scale because of the organization and their needs. And so I think he got a great deal. Now, I think his deal 
will impact Jacob Truba because I think now he is undercut like Truba's asking price and he's pretty much as good as Truba. Right. So I think that that's, that's something that will affect those negotiations. So in a way that was a smart move by Chevrolet Dayoff sort of waiting this out because now this has settled the market a little more, but they still have salary cap issues Anaheim and they're going to have to clear it up. Well, I I consider this the Southern California discount because in all rights, he should be making what Ristolainen's making at 5.4, what Seth Jones is making at 5.4 million, and he's taking $150,000 less. And I can only assume that he's doing it because he likes Southern California, he likes where he is, he likes where the club is, and he took a little bit of a haircut to stay there. Um, you know, in terms of Truba, I don't think it's going to affect the situation with Truba at all because you know it, it may, you know, his his leverage uh, with with the Jets may, you know, they, now that the market is set, I just don't think he wants to be in Winnipeg. And if he keeps demanding six, six and a half, seven million, that proves he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg. Well, let's, let's wait and see on that. Well, it's let's, a, we got some Truba news, and we we got Truba news. We didn't get to yesterday, so um, because right. yesterday we had uh, we got into an interesting discussion on the media, which I liked. We got a lot of good comments about that too. Okay. Um, which is good because I didn't know if you guys would be really. I mean, I mean, at least not everybody hates the hockey media. We know that right. the the general media in the world has had people turn on them, but but luckily nobody's turned on the hockey. What does Trump call it the media's the media yeah. the media's people. Yeah, you're a media's. You're a media's. You're a me- yeah. you're a media. That's what just you just just Russ. You're a media. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's you a yourself media. are a media, which means you're a forum for for for, for transferring information. Yes. It's a, it's amazing how somebody goes from a media whore to a media hater in about five seconds, as as Mr. Trump did. So. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, without the media, Trump barely exists, right? So let's not get there. But anyway, all right. So here we go. Um, because he sure wasn't sure wasn't complaining during the during the Republican primaries. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's move on to um to to uh to uh, what was I saying? Oh my gosh! No, oh, to Jacob Truba. All right, first of all, before he, Lindholm. One other, last thing on Lindholm. He's in Sweden right now, so he's got to get a visa. There's going to be some time. He's not going to be showing up for the next game, but he's going to be here soon, right. within within a week or so, which is pretty amazing. If you ever had a friend who was trying to get a visa to work in this country, how quickly yeah. they can get done. Because yeah. really, it's like if you have a person who you know from outside the country who wants to come here and work, it takes literally years. But they'll yeah. he'll have them in by the end of the week. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, it is yeah. interesting, but um. Not that the government's corrupt at all. I'm not joining that. But anyway, there's stuff, something about visas. And, and man, when it comes to professional athletes, they get visas damn fast is all I have to say. So we shouldn't complain. But, okay, moving, moving on to Jacob Truba. Jacob Truba, um, I heard yesterday, and I talked to a couple sources about this the day before, it really appears as if <laughs> Winnipeg is not going to trade him. Um, it really appears as if Winnipeg just – is not getting anything anything close to what they want. That see, there you go. And they are just and they and they really want him. Actually, they do want him. Like you know, this is right. And it's not just him, um, but um, you know, it's it's also it's more than it's more than just you know, just him. It's it's also the fact that you know there's players on that team that have been pushing as well to stay to get him to stay. It's there's there's a definite, you know, players out there saying you know we really want you to stay in Winnipeg. Um, and you know, it seems to be getting somewhere because what I've heard is within the next couple of weeks to expect Jacob Truba to sign back with Winnipeg, um, that they're already, that they're, ta- that they are talking now that there is negotiations going on and that it is getting somewhere. Yeah, and I think the Lindholm thing, the signing does impact it. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I, okay. And that, that's very possible. 
But all, all, I, all I look at in this situation is that he's asking for higher money because he doesn't want to be there. Now, if Winnipeg, you know, I'm sure Winnipeg wants, I'm sure this stance is more the fact they're not getting any offers comparable to what they're asking for. Nobody <laughs> is giving a left-hand shot defenseman the equal of yeah. Jacob Truba right. or Jacob Truba. So unless Kevin Cheveldayoff is prepared to take, you know, a package deal or something, something other than the one-for-one one that he hinted at, then the only option, really, unless you're willing to wait till after December 1st and let him waste the entire season and then go back on this situation uh, all again next summer, is to capitulate and give him maybe a short-term deal. Maybe it's a two-year yeah, deal. Yeah, I think he's getting a Kucherov type, type deal. I, I think he's getting three or four years. That's what he's going to get. Well, maybe he gets one. Maybe they just want. No, I don't think they'll do one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's it possible. is possible, but I don't think they do one. I think two would be the minimum. I do. Two makes it a lot easier to even trade him. You know, yeah. like it, it, that's the only thing about two. Like, so it, it, if they can get him at a reasonable, relatively reasonable price, two makes it easier to, to move him. Yeah, because, so. because because then, you know, you, he's not an RFA next year. There's no, right. you know, he uh, the, the the team that signs him or the team that trades for him has him under control for another year and. They're protected because he would be arbitration eligible after a two-year deal. So even if they didn't trade him, they could string it along. But I mean, ideally, they want to get him locked up on a long-term deal, and but he wants. But he's I, not going to do that probably. So that's right. why I say right. it, I think it's going to be one of those mid-range deals, two, three, maybe yeah. even three years and an option, something like that. I would say two. I, I, if I had to guess right now, I would say two. But I'm still, I'm still fifty-fifty on him being traded. But mm. it could be a long-term deal too. I was told. I mean, don't be shocked if some. It, we've seen this before. You know, like yeah. if it, if it, if they want to, if, if Winnipeg just wants to step up and, because the best way to get him to really want to stay in Winnipeg is for Winnipeg to make a bold statement here, like to go to right. him and say, okay, this is what we, we're going to give you six years. We're going to give you the Lindholm, basically Lindholm contract, or something like that, and. If that happens, I think the bold I think the bold statement is giving them the Dougie Hamilton contract, which is five seven five. I agree. If they give him the Lindholm offer, I don't think he'd accept that on face value, but I think he would accept the Hamilton one. I think that is, I think that is bolder. I I, I think they probably will give him the Lindholm offer, and then they'll probably counter it. And I and yeah. I also think I also think if they try to if they if they're intent on signing him to a long term deal. You know, just like with Lindholm, the consequence of that contract might be Fowler eventually being traded. There's going to be another shoot to drop in Winnipeg. Does that mean right. that they trade Tyler Myers? Does that mean that they trade one of the forwards? They're not trading Tyler Myers. I can tell right. you. That. Right. Or does that mean they're trading one of the forwards to clear to clear cap room? Because yeah, I could see a Brian Little or somebody like that going. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that would make sense. Um. Yeah, I, I think that. You know, what we've seen here so far is is a little disconcerting, but the fact of the matter is, according to people I talked to, at least it looks like Truba is coming back. Like he's not even in Winnipeg right now, but that he would come back to Winnipeg and, and be there shortly. I mean, like you, like we said, the market has settled now, so now you know what the high is and you know what the low is. Yeah, and also you know if he's if he is going to eventually sign with Winnipeg, he wants to get in, and he is going to play the next couple of years in Winnipeg. It, it behooves him to get in there soon. And, yeah. and and make this happen and and also try to help the team you know because he if he wants to show that if his, on his side of things I mean listen he's a gamer I, that, that's never even yeah. 
right. Part. So that's why I could see yeah. as a player, you could see him saying, okay, fine, we'll do a one year, two year deal. Here's the tough part. And I heard this being broached on another show. The tough part is, is when your teammates do reach out to you and say, Hey, come on. Like, like I'm that's just paraphrasing, hard. but come, come on, dude. We're in a good yeah, place. Yeah, no, we need you. Not that much. You're not that much paraphrasing. I mean, I've I've been yeah. with players when they've been in this situation. I've seen their phones and texts they get and stuff like that. And but it's hard because when you're a player and and you're taking the stand that he is, it's hard to receive those kinds of messages yeah. because you do feel bad. But you are also trying to you know help yourself out financially, which he has every right to do. Yeah, yeah. and 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 players for the most part get that. Yeah. Um, for the most part, other players understand that some, this could just as easily be them in this spot. You know, they, they all realize that eventually if they're going to be the jerks that if they're eventually going to be in that same spot, how are they going to be able to stand up to the other people? So, but I have, but I will tell you, there are, I mean, you've all hung around guys, right? Like just guys in general, you know, what, what it's like, you know, to be around guys. <laughs> wait, wait, you're not going to talk about locker room talk, right? No, no, this is not locker room talk. This is just like. <laughs> Like what the hell's going on? Like you know, like like yeah. what are you doing? Just excuse me, let me grab this. Friggin' sign a contract and come already. What the hell? You know, and that that kind of stuff happens. It does. It really does. Like there are there are guys out there. It's like come on, I'll buy a case of beer if you sign by tomorrow. Get right. over, get over, get over yourself and get in. That right. kind of stuff does happen. Um, you know, especially among you know his better friends on the team. And there are, and he's a popular player in that on that team and in that locker room. So this is not a player who, I mean, this is why there's a reason why the players have been pitching to get and they've not just been pitching him they've been pitching the jets so i mean they, they've been pitching yeah. the jets as well to say to get him in so this is not it's, it's tough on both sides but I, I get it i never i never begrudge either side on on these kinds of things and but we see that it's going to work out one way or the other whether it's long term or not it will work out yeah okay i like it um all right here's an interesting thing with his goal last night Corey perry did something that um was kind of interesting in ducks history he um he passed Paul Correa for sole possession of third on the Ducks all-time point list. That's pretty good. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's... But Perry. I mean, not Perry. Correa did miss significant time with, yeah. with concussions. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be passing him yet. But still, for Perry, that's that's again. This is why I constantly yeah. tell everybody if they were going to shake up that room, I would trade Getzlaff over Perry because at the end of the day, Perry does too many things that are valuable. And he's not locked into like a power game or a finesse game, or he is like that hybrid kind of player that can do a lot of things and will last a long time in this league. Well, can, yeah. can we just, let's just touch on touch on this for a second because I mean the, the name of Fowler is probably going to be out there until the deadline and then yeah. probably into into the off season. Yep. Everybody assumes that the Ducks are going to trade Fowler for a forward, and I think that's right because I think they need to add scoring. Mm -hmm. But do they need do they add a center or do they add a winger because because Kessler can play the wing. He has played the wing in the past. I I I I think they need a scoring winger. That's what all these all these rumors in Toronto yeah. all over the summer. I mean, remember like a few years ago, the rumor that we constantly heard from everyone was JVR for Luke Shen, and then it finally finally happened. Uh, right oh, don't get me started on that one. Oh my god! No, I, I know. I, I, <laughs> that went down. I'm not, I'm not, the only reason not I'm bad, just just took me to a bad spot, Mike. But yeah, I, I agree with you. That does that 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 um that was going on for a long time. And and, and all we've heard and all we've heard since last since July is JVR for Fowler. Now I don't know right now whether the Leafs would do it because I think they want a veteran like JVR to be there for Matthews or how many more years is left on JVR's deal? 
both the same length. Both have another year. JVR makes 4.25. Fowler makes 4. Uh, Fowler is a couple years younger. I think he's 24. JVR, I think, is 26 or 27. But I think Anaheim would do that if they felt like they were a piece away from making the Stanley Cup. But otherwise, I don't think Anaheim would do it because they probably know that they wouldn't be able to re-sign JVR after that period is up. Ah, but if you're Anaheim, you could argue that you're a piece away from winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, you could. I mean, they're they're close yeah. enough. I mean, they're 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 in that realm. I think they if are. They stick with the core, and they think he's the piece. Then it makes sense. But if you're looking long term, it doesn't make sense. The big thing about JVR, and I've always said this, is that JVR is a playoff guy. Um, and really, you get you get the, his best games. His best. His, he's at his best when he's in the playoffs. Um, and he always has. I mean, with the Flyers, he was a great playoff performer. Um, and you know, and in his history, in his career, he's been great in tournaments. That that's that's sort of his thing. You know, he's and the problem with in 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 Toronto over the next two years, you might not even see the playoffs. So, you know, where Anaheim's, they're going to the playoffs in all likelihood. So that that's the see that's the dilemma that Lou Lamorello has is the fact that when his contract is up, you know, they you know they may want to sign him, but then the contracts of Neilander and Matthews are coming up. Then you yeah. got the best big money there and. JVR will be 29, 28 or 29 years old. So I, like that's why I think you know in the next couple years you're going to see JVR probably traded. You're going to see Nazem Kadri traded. You're going to see Tyler Bozak traded because the young guys will be the core players and the, and the guys they want to build around. And the guys who have been there since Randy Carlisle and Ron Wilson, they're going to be afterthoughts. They're going to be supplemental players. Well, you know, it's here's the problem. You know, here's the problem with Anaheim. If you look at at their system, like Max Jones is probably their best offensive player in their system. I think even better than Nick Ritchie at this point because I don't think Ritchie is showing as much as you know many thought he would. So when you think about that, I mean, there's an outside chance Max Jones could be a top liner, but other than that, there's really nobody else that's going to be a top liner to even replace the core when they're done and. If there are a successful team this year, they're not going to draft that high. For me, I'd have to look down the road here and get somebody from an organization that I think could be a top liner for Fowler. For And then this would be a playoff team that is willing to trade for Fowler because they think he is going to put them over the top. But the window is small there, Russ. I mean, the thing is – I don't know if it's that small. you got to wait till the deadline for that. Where's Fowler from? Oh, he's, he's American, right? He's, no, he's American. American. He's from Michigan, I believe. Right, he's from Michigan, right. So he's not that far from Toronto. But no, I'm saying the window is small because you've got Getzloff, Perry, Kessler, all in their late 20s, early 30s, that range. You know, you, a couple, three years at the most. So you might have to make that trade where you trade Fowler for a guy who can help you right now. I would rather get that guy down the road that I think could really help me offensively. And because right now, Fowler, not any slight to him, but if Shea Theodore kicks in like I think he will, he will be an extra piece that they can't afford to trade. Right. Now, are the Ducks over the cap with the signing right now? I heard that they are, but I haven't had yeah, a chance they are to too. They put, they put Simone Dupre on long-term injury, so they're right at the cap. But once he comes off the LTIR, then they're over. So yeah, going to have to make some sort of move. I mean, Yeah, I mean, it's, so they're 1.4 over, right, when he comes back? Something um, like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. Um, somebody sent me the CBA about this, actually. The price um, is a 3.7 million cap hit. So, okay. They're fined $25,000 <laughs> if they go over the CBA. Um, it's interesting. 
Um, if they sign a, if they sign a contract that puts them over the salary cap or otherwise circumvents it, the team is fined twenty five thousand dollars, and an arbitrator or the commissioner may and do any of these things: impose a fine on the club that would count against the cap space next season, fine the player, make the club forfeit draft picks, make the club forfeit games in which they're over the cap, audit the club, void the SPC. I don't know what that is. Um, Standard player contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, suspend club employees. Wow. <laughs> suspend, well, suspend club employees. I you, think, park I, the cars. You're out of here. I think, Bob, I, think Bob, the contract. I think Bob Murray has a little time because I think while they're waiting for Lindholm's visa situation to kick in, right. they can count against the cap. So they probably have a week to 10 days. If they, you know, if, if Dupre is coming back, then they have a dilemma. If he's out long term, then they have... <laughs> And this stuff always cracks me up. Like, you know, what if he's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, he turned me into a newt. No, I'm better. You know, it's like, it's like, reminds me of Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, is he okay? Yeah, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're still hurt. You stay there. You stay there, Dupre. Um, no, I feel fine. I'm good. Look at me. I'm okay. No, you're not. You're not. You're obviously hurt. No, I'm not. No. Um, yeah. No. Well, there's, rental, there's, rentals, there's rental space on Robodah Island if they need it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. I just think I think Robodah Island. He made a lot of money for doing nothing last year. Let's 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 be let's be frank about Robodah. He had a good deal last year, man. I think this will work itself <laughs> out, but I don't think there'll be a deal to work it out. I think it'll be other things. Chances are the NHL they're working closely with the NHL on this stuff. That's usually yeah. what happens. Um, yeah. Because the NHL wants them to get it. The NHL wants their players to play. They want their they want they want this guy to be signed too. I mean that that right. it behooves everybody to make this happen. So you know they're it usually not that hard to figure these things out but you know, it is it is an issue it is always fascinating to me how how many and for the ducks like we talked about before they're not a salary cap team so they don't they don't want to be this high up um right now and that's going to be an issue too so as we play out as this plays that's out you'll, you'll go maybe half a season that way until the deadline and then i think that's when you can really get the most for fowler yeah i think so too but man if you're if you're a good team at the deadline that's going to really be at that point. Does it at that point you've already spent the money on Fowler? Why not just keep him the rest of the year? I mean, you're talking about like one month left in the season. I mean, just well, because just, you could you could still save on it and get yeah. But you're trying. You're not going to trade a defenseman with the month left in the season if you're in it. I mean, that's crazy. Don't you think? I mean, no, it, I don't. Th I mean, I think I think I think you just suck it up and you pay. You figure out another way. But you're not going to trade a good defenseman if you feel like you have a shot. Well, I, I mean, they have a lot of depth. They do. They do have a lot of depth, but he's still better than most of them. Um, let's talk about Shea Weber a second. He's having a hell of a year, by the way. Um, silently, you know, this whole thing of who's better. Remember the Shea Weber or or uh, Subban Page? I should bring that up again. I forget where that was. Um, had the, There's a whole website designed to this who's better. But Shea Weber, okay, is one point behind Austin Matthews in scoring. How about that, first off? Let's throw that out there. Okay, he's top ten in times on ice in the NHL. Low, so he's played as much as he's played more than he has. He's been on ice for one even strength goal against in seven games, one. Okay, single one. So that I mean, look at these. I mean that. That also has to do with the goalie too. It's not all him. Yeah, but the rest of the team plays with that goalie. I mean, he's yeah. like, he is he is by far he's way ahead of everybody else um, on the team, and just in the scoring itself. I mean, because most people would have said that this is a good move, except for the fact that. You know, you're going to get more offense out of PK, right? So, but you're not, and you know, so far you're not this year. You're not getting more offense out of PK. Um, PK has been good, but he hasn't been this good. And uh, by the way, I have a huge bone to pick with that game last night, the Anaheim Nashville game. Okay. Because I'm watching, this has happened to me twice now in the last month. I don't play DraftKings all the time. Okay. But last oh, night, here we go. Oh, here we I got go. invited by, I got, again, got invited Somebody by one, 
Dan Petru, who was supposed to be on the show today. I, get, I, was, I wanted to pick this directly with him, but he's not here, so I'm going to say it anyway. Um, so Dan Petru invites me to play with his group of, group of you know, Islanders fans, which is really fun and easy to pick against them because they're all going to pick Islanders fans, Islanders players, so you know how to do it. Um, so, and so <laughs> especially when there's an Islanders game last night, like last night. So two, two, a week ago, I lost to Dan on the, in the final minutes, and I came in second of the seven players. Last night, I came in second again, and I was up the entire night. And Andrew Cagliano scoring that frigging goal with like no time left on the clock for Anaheim, I guess it was. Yes. Loses, make me lose by 0.5%. It's just like I lose $25 on that frigging Andrew Cagliano goal. Can I just say, sorry, this is what I don't like about sports gambling. But um, that's why I don't do it. That's why yeah. I don't ever do it. I'm like actually saying to my wife, my wife, I'm like, hey, look, I'm up. You know, I checked the DraftKings thing. I'm winning. And, the, and there's only like five seconds left in each of these games. It's, it's, and I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm in second. And that's a fatal flaw. You shouldn't have told her. Heck, I get right. I get worked up on uh, on stratomatic hockey drafts <laughs> that are me that are money. There's no money tied to it. Nothing. So there you go. If there's money tied to it, that's why I don't do it. So I'm not sure if this is on your docket, Eck, but um, you know, yesterday the the national game was the Bruins Rangers, and the Bruins really collapsed in that second period. Like they, the Rangers oh, yeah. played well, but they really did collapse and. Because I thought Zane McIntyre was playing a good game up to that point. He had stopped, like, I don't know, in first period, he stopped, like, nine or ten shots. And then all of a sudden, it just fell in on him. And people are starting to blame Tory Crew, but it's like, hey, wait a minute. It takes a while for this guy to come back off a of shoulder surgery and work himself back to where he was last season. This yeah. is not magic. He came back early. Right, right. Right? We all feel like he came back early. Oh, yeah, and he's, and he's suddenly uh, being put into, like, a top-two role, which is yeah. tough. Yeah. I, mean, I just feel like he's getting the short end on that. I get that their defense isn't perfect. We've talked about it. I think Carlo had a good game, but he was, you know, he didn't have a great game. There were times where, you know, he, he had some rookie flaws too. But it's just, I just feel bad for Tory Krug. I, I saw that and I was like, there's more things happening here. There was a lot of undisciplined penalties. There were things that, you know, they kept putting the Rangers on the power play. I got to see how many power plays they had, but it was too many. And, and so we get news today that Dylan McElrath is probably going to be put on waivers unless they could deal him. Well, he's already, he has been put on waivers. He has been? Okay. Yeah. And so I thought he was, but then I was seeing that they're trying to really deal him before they technically do it, so I wasn't sure where we were at with it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure somebody's got to take him, but here, here's my feeling about Dylan McElrath. He has the ability to play in the NHL. I don't think he can play every day. I don't think he's an everyday guy. I think he's a depth guy. A, you know, he's basically a six or a seven or on a great team an eight where he's going to sit. And then when you have an injury, he's going to come in or when you need toughness, he's going to come in or, you know, for a two week period, he's going to come in. He has certainly been good enough for that. But when the Rangers picked up Holden and they picked up Clendenning, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Vigneault basically said, and we talked about it, that preseason speech he had, yeah, McElrath can make the team, and then he came up with like an eight-point list of what he had to do <laughs> to make the team. And, yeah. you know, so that was pretty much telling me where where that was at. And so I get that he's become a fan favorite because he's a good guy. He put out a great quote today, a very classy quote. But at the end of the day, I can see why they're doing this. They're not going to move Dan Girardi. He's got a no-movement clause. He probably doesn't have a lot of trade value based on his salary. So Girardi's going nowhere. The Ranger fan base doesn't like that, but that's just the reality. He's going nowhere. And they like what they've seen out of Clendenning, which I get. I mean, he's a good puck-moving defenseman. 
I don't know if he's going to get that many points, but he is a good yeah. puck moving defenseman. And so they felt like that's good. Holden, I don't know. I think yeah, mediocre returns there, but better with Glenn Denning than Holden. Yeah, and and so you know, and then Brady Shea is going to play every day, and so yeah. you know when you look at that, you realize, okay, he is going to he's just going to be out of the picture, and so I do think a team will pick him up. I could see someone like Calgary maybe have an interest. I mean, he um, in his junior career he was a star out in Western Canada, and he is a tough guy. And Brian Burke is still there, and and I could just. I could see that being a good fit, but I don't know. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I, I think Calgary's a great fit for him, to be honest. I do. I was a little surprised. I'm a little, you know, you, you can see him being the odd man out, you know. You can see that. I mean, there's a couple dra- There's a couple guys on waivers say they're kind of interesting. Well, Puyarvi. Um, Puyarvi as well. McElrath, Puyarvi, yep. Um, Puyarvi, I think, has hit the end of the line here. I think he's going to end up going back overseas. I had a lot of hopes for him, but the problem is, is that he was just – Pi Arvey, not, not Jesse Pooley Arvey. No, 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 Pi Arvey. I know who you mean. Mm-hmm. Pi Arvey. He, yeah. he had these tremendous offensive skills, and at the next level, at the NHL level, he just was never able to put it together for any length of time. And he can't play defense. He's just not a. He's a one-dimensional skill kind of guy, finesse guy, and he just has never put it together. Well, based based on what you just based on what you described him as, Russ. The absolute worst coach for him to play for is the guy he's playing for right now, which is Ken Hitchcock. Right. Well, that's why I was always surprised that he yeah. was there. Right. So, I mean, maybe. But you could go along the lines of Yakupov too. A lot of people thought that with Yakupov. But he does play better defense. Yakupov yeah. does play better yeah, defense no, than than, than yeah. so, so maybe a team like an Arizona or a Columbus or somebody who is challenged offensively who would give Pyarvi a more of an opportunity to score would claim him before he goes back to Europe. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Rangers, just so you know, Rangers had six power plays last night. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Russ, can you tell us about this new guy? I've heard I've heard of him before. His name is Jim VC. Yeah. Real, he's real good. Again, when people, all they have to do is look past their hatred of the holdout. If you could do that, You'll see, he's a fine hockey player, and I, Dan was on the uh, on this on the thing so he could put tape over his mouth again. Yeah, it was. Ex- I mean, you know, we right. talked about it. there were a lot. There were we wrote we, wrote, we talked about him a little. We bit talked about time. it at nauseum, but but it really is true. It's like it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it was that he's upsetting you because he's not going to your team. But that didn't. No, he was. I didn't, I never had a problem with this with with what he did. I I, no. I I I did have an issue. I thought you know, and just from talking to people about about how people thought he was a sure thing. Now he's turning into a pretty good player, and and obviously he's looking. But but there were there's a lot of there was a lot of sure thing in the thing. Well, I think it's a sure thing to play in the NHL. I don't right. know if he's a sure thing to get let's say twenty five goals. Right, right. That's a different. That's a different argument. He's off to a great start, you know, yeah. and that's and that's good, and and that's and. You know, but as college players, you know they play a lot less. It's gonna there's gonna be a wall he's gonna hit this year. Yeah. He's gonna have to deal with that. He's gonna have to get through it, and and that's normal. And that's not, and he's and he's obviously a really sharp kid, and that's enormous. I mean, to I me, think I, what people were forgetting was he was always a greasy player who was good around the net, and he has good size. And so at the end of the day, if you're willing to go to those areas, which he is willing to go to those areas, he is willing to make deflections, he's getting in the crease, he picks up rebounds, he has a good shot. If you're right. willing to play around there and you're strong enough to do it, you are going to have some success in this league. And I think that's right. why I thought he would have success because of that reason. 
Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, and, and it's showing that he is. I mean, so far he is definitely, and and you know what? One of the coolest things is talking to Rangers fans how excited they are to watch him. That he's an exciting player to watch. He's he brings a lot. He does. Uh, he's got a certain flair to him. He he can yeah. make a great defensive play. He will lay the hit occasionally. He took that big hit that one game, and they came back and scored a goal. Right? Well, not a goal. Yeah. He got an assist. Well, maybe he yeah. did get a goal. I can't remember, but but he did come back and he and he performed well. And that's the key. He's got character. Yeah. And I think, you know, when people were sort of assassinating his character right, before he signed, they forget that on the ice he's got a lot of character. No, definitely. Um, before we let you go, Russ, I wanted to put one thing. Um, okay. There was um, there's a really excellent article in the Hamilton Spectator today. Um, it's okay. the beginning of a series by a woman named Terry Pekoski, who writes for the Hamilton Spectator. Um, it was pointed out to me by some of our readers um, who emailed and said we should discuss it. And she's, you know, she's absolutely right. They're absolutely right um, that we should. And I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to tweet out the link so you can see it after this. Okay. Um, but it's called Pretty Good Rich Kids. Reaching the OHL Takes More Than Talent. And it's a three-part series. This Today's the first part of the series named called Pay to Play. Um, and it really, I mean, she did an incredible amount of research on what it takes to get to the OHL. Um, and financially, you mean? Financially and just in general. Talent-wise, financially, a lot to this one, particularly today, is financial. But it, it's the, sub, the subtitle of it, you know, cost, geography, and public policy are factors in whether a player get to the OHL level. So today's about cost. And, um, and also, another thing that, you know, that she, she touches on here, which is, I think is really true, and I've heard, noticed a lot as well, is you know, when you're born has a play sometimes in this. Um, players who are born later in the year, that can be like, that can be a certain, you know, they are, there's a big difference, you know, when you're yeah, like Austin Matthews being a late draft yeah, year yeah. guy. I mean, that, that helps players to be born yes. later. Um, as much as we complain about, you know, oh, he, if he was a little bit older, he would have been drafted. Um, it helps that he wasn't, it helps he got to, that he was forced to play another year and develop more, um, you know, for him. And I, and I see it now because there's a big thing in the, in America going on in, um, in soccer, which, you know, I'm involved with youth soccer. And this happens in youth hockey too, where, you know, it used to be that when we were kids, the te- the, pe- the people you would play your, you know, Little League with or Pop Warner with or whatever were the people in your grade, the people that you went to school right. with. And now there's a, been a big shift to make it year pure, right? So now that you're playing with other – so you're playing with some of your friends, but anyone who was born in your year, like my team, is um, our kids that were born in 01. Okay. You know, girls who were born in 01. So – in a, but and there's a got a controversy about this, and I think I think it's I think it's kind of stupid because I think the the younger I think maybe it's okay when you get to the elite levels, but the younger levels I think kids want to play with their friends, and I think they should be allowed to play with their friends mm-hmm. that they go to school with, because but there's definitely a difference, you know, in especially the younger you get, the bigger percentage of their life it becomes, you know, right. So the bigger the bigger that change is from January to December. It's a huge difference. And it, it's true with kids in school, too. I mean, kids who are born, you know, a lot of people are being held back. A lot of kids are people holding their kids back in school just to give them an advantage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy into I that. All that has always gone on. That's gone on even since I was oh, yeah. a kid. Oh, yeah. It's always. But here's the thing. Okay. So yeah. I guess the first part of that argument is if you would have held Wayne Gretzky back for even the little bit that he was probably held back, what did he have? 180 goals that one year in midget, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but that's such an extreme, right? No, no, mm-hmm. I know, but there, but you don't know when you have the next Wayne Gretzky in your system, and then you would be holding him back. So I'm not really for that. I'm for playing at your level, whatever your level is. I'm okay with, and I don't think age should really have anything to do with it. I think if if somebody is 13 years old and they're good enough to play with the 16 year olds, why not? Right. 
Right. Um, and yeah, but, then, but then, but then we talk. Then we talk about the uh, <clears throat> the the rule in the AHL where the, the players, you know, the exceptional status where they play at 15, and it. I mean, it's had mixed effect. I mean, well, it doesn't mean. See, but here's the thing. The difference is that's because a team thought he was good enough, but we don't know if the player really was good enough. I'm just saying when when it's identifiable that like because in, in something like that you're hoping that the kid's good enough, but in these other kinds of leagues. You pr- I think Eck could pretty much tell if there's a kid who's 13 who should be two levels higher. Yeah, you see that. I mean, you don't. You definitely see that, and that's, you know, and there's and there's all kinds of arguments about like whether they should play up or not. You know, there's all kinds of should they dominate or should they should they be allowed to dominate? Should they struggle against bigger kids, which can kill their confidence because as youth players, confidence is so much part of their game. There's all kinds of arguments about that. Um, but what's so in this she gets into like okay eighty percent come from neighborhoods with medium family incomes above the Ontario average of eighty thousand. Okay. Um, That's so eighty thousand Canadian. Just kidding. Anyhow. Eighty thousand Canadian, right? Which is uh thirty thousand. Thirty thousand American. American yeah. right. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it, no, but um, and they um, it doesn't matter because <laughs> by the way. <laughs> It does. I mean, I was up there, you know, you don't save money in Canada. There's no way. Um, no, definitely, definitely. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. Taxes, everything, it, it all works out the same. Um, 90% come from neighborhoods where fewer people live in poverty than, than the usual 13.9%. Um, you know, basically, she's making the case that this is a suburban game, that these that you're talking about Ontario suburbs um, where, these, where they're coming through, and that because it, it costs about $15,000 or so to annually for an elite AAA player, and it's getting higher than that. Um, and she says she has William Laurier, Laurier, who's university university's William McTeer. Um, yes. Okay. So, okay. Sorry. William Laurier University. <laughs> William okay. McTeer. All right. So William McTeer, William Laurier is the, Wilford, Wilford Laurier is the university. Sorry. Right. Says this. The first question you have to ask is how much money you, do your parents have? And are they prepared to invest in your future as a hockey athlete? If you want to become the next Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that's rough. I, the only thing I'll say before I have to go is. I wish they could have some sort of government funded program mm-hmm. so that if you can't afford that, a percentage of kids could still play hockey. I yeah. would like to see that because like the Emerson Needham story is a good one, right? He had to ride the train. He wasn't yeah. affluent at all. Yeah. And yet he has made it. But I think it is harder for somebody to come out of poverty and play hockey at, at the junior level. I do. And mm-hmm. so I, I wish that whether all the teams kicked in, and there was a fund for it, and may, there may be, but I'm not aware of it. Or if the government just said, "Hey, we've got a program where we will give grants to I don't know 100 hockey players a year," that would be a great thing. That's just That'd me. Awesome thing, yeah. And this article is really fantastic. I mean, there's interactive maps that show you where kids are from. Um, shoot out the link. I'll comment on it on Twitter while I'm dying. Yeah, I'll shoot out the link here, and um, and I'm def- I'm going to try to get her to come on the air because I think yeah, that'll be great. Really Take care. Of that. Thanks, Russ. Now that Russ is gone, we can talk about him. Um, all right. Just I just think that that's um, it's just a, it is it is fascinating to me the whole the whole concept. I do believe that the top top skilled players find their ways through. I do because um, I've seen it even in situations where teams have I've seen teams pay for players to play with them that, that can't afford it. You know, like if a player is that good, yeah. Without without uh, without um, uh, revealing any confidence or uh, to, to, you know any confidences uh you know i know someone um whose uh relative of theirs plays in uh in a, in a league in, in ontario 
and you know the, the 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 politics that goes on, the you know the fighting over players to play in one location or another, all this stuff. You know the the fact that uh, I mean there's just a, a whole sort of subset that goes on here that I I think is a shame. A shame. It's like it should be whoever the best player is, they should play. They should play where they want to play. But it doesn't work that way. There's politics. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. And I think it's sort of to, to the detriment of some players who eventually could be NHL players. But, you know, this, it's not, I, I, you know, you, you have an advantage, Jack. You're, you're involved in youth sports yeah. with, with, your, with your daughter, with your son. I don't have any kids, so I really don't know the, you know, the politics of it. But I do, do hear about it through other people. It's been going on since we were kids too. I mean, it's yeah. no different, you know. I mean, it's it's. Oh it's, no! It went it went on, it went on with me when I was when I was playing little league baseball. There yeah. was one team that got all the good players. Yeah. Because I wasn't a good player, I was on. Oh, can I bring can I bring up a funny point about that? Yeah. Really funny. Just like um, you're, I'm sorry. Okay, so I coach two teams, right? And my coach, my daughter's travel team, and that's a really intense team, and they really play. Um, I mean, they play at high levels. And my daughter's in another. Good luck with Hicken tonight. They're in another playoff game. Um, I won't be there, but. It's going to be raining and 30 degrees. I'll be in the fly, but that's not why I won't be there. I won't be there because I have to, I have to work. I'd be at the Flyers game, but, um, and then I shouldn't feel sorry for myself for that, obviously, but I'm just saying that I'll be there. So anyway, so I coach her team and I coach my son's team with my, with my wife, my wife and I coach my son's team, which is a, like a hodgepodge of kids that just play rec soccer and they have a blast and they just, they, and that league is put together by, you know, the township and that league is incredibly corrupt where you have. The, the the head of the town the head of that league is is a woman whose husband is coaching one of the teams and his team is totally stacked i mean and they just put it all together and our team is really just a bunch of geeks and nerds who like to who this is probably the only athletic thing they do but we have fun with it and you know we we're we're in half season we're like third of, of sixth in the team in the league which is good for us but this team we played this team last weekend and they we were down six nothing in halftime and it was just and literally it's one of those things where they had a player that was just so much better than everybody else that shouldn't be in this kind of league and they weren't taking him off. It's a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade leagues. This kid, this kid was over six feet tall. He was bigger than me. And and it was my son is like just five foot tall. So it's crazy. So anyway, the referee was horrible. It was all obviously rigged against us. And I talking to the, talking to our kids at halftime, like, we're gonna have some fun in the second half. So what I started to do, we had eleven players on the field as you'd normally do in soccer. I started adding players as the half went along to see when the referee would figure out that we had too many players on the field because I didn't think he would. So we had, we started off with six subs. Um, by the end of the game, we had one sub and I was playing 15 players for the last five minutes of the game without him having any concept of it. And, um, and we were still getting dominated. And I said, you know, we weren't giving up as many goals, but I said to him at the end, I'm like, do you realize what we did there? Right. And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You guys, you know, you stop complaining about the calls. I'm like, I'm really, you know, more complaining about the calls, but you know, just weren't paying attention. To what we were doing. The kids loved it. But to be honest, this is, this is what you get in this kind of stuff. You get politics. Politics exists everywhere. You can't get around it. And, um, you know, the best you can do is, is hope is hope that, you know, you can teach the kids something about life through it. You know, like this, you're going to deal with politics in life. You're going to have to go with, you're going to have to, there's going to be times when you're going to, whenever they're going to stack the cards against you, you still have to go out there and work, you know, that's the bottom line. So that's what we try to do out of it. So anyway, uh, getting back to this stuff, um, a couple quick, quick other news items today. Um, the Capitals, um, they lost two consecutive regular season games after last night's game. That was the first time they've lost two consecutive regular season games in 19 months. That was a pretty crazy stat. Wow. So, uh, well, I mean, that's that tells you that 
good goaltending, which they've had yeah. over the last 19 months with Braden Holpe and to a lesser extent Grubauer as their backup, you know, prevents losing streaks. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's I mean, they got to get lucky to do that too. I mean, that's I mean, there's going to be bad nights, you know, like and that's Al, and Al Silvetkin's been healthy and they have depth of scoring. So yeah, and you got Barry Trotz, you know, um, who's been there for not all of it, but most of it. Yeah. So, um, but in that in that time, their record in that time is 68, 21, and ten in the regular season. So they are forty-seven games over five hundred um, over the last nineteen months. That's just a, that's a dominant NHL team if I've ever seen it. I mean, didn't help them in the second round. And they have, yeah, they haven't gotten past the second round of the playoffs. So there you go. That's you're right. I mean, it's been. One time they did in their history, what no one expected them to go there. So it's like that's the crazy thing about it all. Um, but I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, Cam Talbot shutout streak ended after 136, 136 minutes last night. Um, and by the way, the Edmonton Oilers are way ahead of the Los Angeles Kings in the standings. Like I, and my bet that I have with you guys is, is looking strong. Put it out there. As is the Ottawa Senators, who are playing very well. My two, my two uh, surprise teams are doing are both. I've noticed this though about myself, and I did it. I did it. I noticed this last year too that I'm really good at predicting the first month or two of the season. Yeah, I was gonna say, where's where's the voodoo doll in the studio with uh, the pin stuck in Jonathan Quick's groin? Because I know, but uh, over history, I am I come out like gangbusters. Like I am very good at predicting what will happen in the beginning of the year. Um, but I, but at the end, by the end of it. You know, all this, I'm totally <laughs> terrible. Like, this, so that's what the season is not 12 games. That's I know, but for some reason, my predictions are usually right in the beginning of the year. Only like, and I'm usually right by a certain point. You can, I can sit there like now and I can gloat about these two teams, but it won't be able to, I won't be able to gloat for very long. So, there you have it. Um, so <laughs> some pretty good games on tap for tonight. I will be at the, um, I'll be at the Phoenix, I'll be Arizona, sorry, Arizona. Philadelphia game a big game for the Flyers because they have to sort of get them you know they want to keep this they've, they've been very up and down this year for sure um so far you know it, it's been they, there's been two different Flyers teams which you do expect with, with youth to a degree but I really want to see you know I really want to see some things get rolling here um for them and see you know, the Islanders and Penguins play tonight that's a good old that's always a good rivalry and I'll be keeping a close watch on the Panthers Maple Leafs game the Leafs have lost four games in a row uh, Roberto Luongo starting for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frederick yeah. Anderson, in spite of his struggles, is starting again for Toronto. Um, you know, it's. I mean, it, the, the heat has started to be turned up on Frederick Anderson, and I think it's not really justified. But yeah, it'll, be, it'll continue to be poured on if he continues to struggle. I agree. Uh, there's a ton of games tonight. Um, well, not a ton, but there's enough games that'll be keep you occupied. Um, the real, the real marquee matchup tonight, though, is has got to be Tampa and Montreal because, you know, Tampa's at five and one, Montreal's six zero oh, and one. Um, that's you know, there you've got. This is going to be the real test, and this is a team that Montreal does not play well against historically. And I, and I have to say, what this is, this is a repeat of what Montreal did at the beginning of last year. They're getting offense from everybody. Like they yep. was scoring like crazy last year. They're getting offense from yeah. To know and from like uh, third, fourth line guys. The difference, um, though, there is a difference. I think in terms of the fact that they did play the first several games without Price, um, and that was you know. So this as, as you know, Price has only played what in three games now. Three games, yeah, I think so. So I mean, and so I give them a little bit more credit than last year, but you know, will I mean this is again? 
the Canadians team that looks like they're on they're on the playoff, you know, on on, on in for a playoff team. But you know, who knows? I mean, last year they had their best record, which is just so bag staggering. The best record in the history of the Montreal Canadiens, the team that's won the Stanley Cup twenty six times. Um, they had their best record in their best best starting record in their history, the best start they've ever had. You know, and didn't make the playoffs. That's that was still staggering. So this year we'll see what happens. But um, the Stars and Jets tonight, the Predators and Kings. Uh, the Blue Jackets and Sharks. The Blue Jackets, after losing their first two games, have won two and tied one in their last three. So they're getting their, think they're getting their act together a little bit. Sharks have been... The Sharks look like they're a team with a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover to me right now um, when I watch them play. Yeah, and I, I still think it's a little strange that you know they really don't have an experienced backup goaltender. I know that doesn't come into focus a lot, but you know you have Martin Jones coming off a really good year, and they, and, you know, they had Reimer through the last part of the year in the playoffs. And they didn't go out and get a backup goaltender. They have a 27-year-old journey, journeyman named Aaron Dell as the backup goalie. And I think if Mike if Mike Condon gets put on waivers in the next few days, which might happen when Matt Murray finally comes back with uh, with Pittsburgh, or if Murray's already come back, maybe they're keeping him around. But Condon, if he was put on waivers, you could have L.A. and San Jose fighting over Mike Condon. Whoever's in yeah. might claim that guy. You could, you could. I mean, I still think. Don't, I mean, don't don't we think that they're going to bring in, you know, Lindmark to play some games? It's only a PTO. I think. I it, know. I think it's. I think it's more a. I think it's more just a sort of like disaster backup in case Campbell or in case uh, uh, Budai gets hurt. I mean, Lindmark, still surprising that he would have done that. That he would have come over here for that. I guess you know, it's anything's possible. But. Who knows? It, well, I know he was playing in the Swedish league, so yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the starting schedule that the Predators have had this year? Um, I mean, as though even though they're they are struggling, you know, they're, I mean they're they're not terrible. They're right at five hundred. Um, so their first games were okay. They had a home and home against Chicago on opening night, which is well, Friday and Saturday opening weekend. Um, they won one, they lost one. Then they went into Dallas, who was one of the best records, and they went and they had Detroit, who you know, not the greatest maybe. But then they went to Pittsburgh, Anaheim. Now tonight they're in in L.A. To, Saturday they're in San Jose. Um, you know, then they I mean then they finally get a break in November. It gets a lot easier, but that's a hellish schedule to start the NHL season with. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about a get, ton of good teams there. To get that West Coast trip right off the bat is 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 not not great. But you also have yeah. to factor in the fact that they're in the probably arguably the toughest division in hockey, and they're playing. Dallas, St. Louis, Chicago, Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it, it. There's not there's not a lot of breathing room unless you're playing against the lower lights of the Eastern Conference. So right. yeah, they I think they have a tougher go of it than some other teams do. But but November, the first three weeks of November, they can definitely make up some ground. They you know they got Colorado, Arizona, Carolina, Ottawa. They do have St. Louis and Anaheim, but then they have Toronto, Ottawa. Um, there's a couple of things. You know. Yeah, there should be a couple games in there where they win. Uh, two games against Winnipeg. November should be a good month for the for the Predators, but they they have and they have to get. A, I mean, to, I guess the idea to get through this kind of a stretch like that is to try to get through 500 without right. you know, completely falling apart. And and really, what you want to do in the NHL is the key is just getting points when you lose. I mean, that that's always been the key. Get a, get a point. Um, you know, even if you're not going to win the game, just if you get if you steal a point at any point, you're fine. So there you go. At any point, you're fine. There should be the logo of the NHL. Um, <laughs> that's all the time we have for today, kids. We'll be back again tomorrow. 
Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you then. Remember to subscribe, by the way, to us on YouTube, okay? And also check us out on, on iTunes and go to reddit.com slash hockey to support the show. Thank you very much, guys. Talk to you soon.